Well, I often speak to or use illustrations of music that have been, uh, you know, significant or I like or, you know, whatever. And, uh, you know, you just have to kind of put up, that with, put up with that with me. But a song is coming into its 30th year at this point. And it was written by, I think, one of my very favorite artists. His name is Don Henley, one of the founding members of the Eagles, which is the best band ever, by the way, just so you know. And you can't, you can't argue with me. It's just the way it is. Okay, so anyway, Don, Don wrote a song in 1989 entitled uh, The Heart of the Matter. Let me just give you just a couple of lines from that lyric. I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter, but my will gets weak. My thoughts seem to scatter. But I think it's about forgiveness. Forgiveness. And I've thought about that often, just that phrase, the heart of the matter. Heart of the matter. And when we talk about forgiveness, it's interesting as, as pastors, in fact, Mockingbird, which is a, a website that does some of this kind of research, this is a song that they would say has launched a thousand sermons, a thousand sermons about forgiveness because it, it's so poignant, it, it, it's so, such a strong, strong statement. And in fact, what's interesting about the appeal of the song is that it has there's not a whole lot of universal appeal to the topic of forgiveness, especially when you talk about pop culture and you talk about music, for example. In fact, aren't there, someone, Mockingbird would say it this way, they, they would say, aren't there any other pop songs about forgiveness? And their answer is, well, yes, but, and listen to this, but desire and frustration and hurt and despair and sadness and anger, these are the primary topics that rule the airwaves. There are gazillions of songs that plead for a second chance, gazillions of songs that re- for repentance and regret, and there are gazillions more about standing one's ground, about enough being enough, but forgiveness, but forgiveness is a different matter. An anthem about forgiveness will not get a party started. It might spoil one. How true. Think about it for a moment, as I have thought about it. It's not a popular topic. In fact, it doesn't get the party started, and forgiveness, even by us in the church, can be avoided, or is avoided. It's, you know, it, it's brushed aside, it's ignored. Popular music has been a forum for all kinds of social commentary over the, probably ever since it's been, since its inception. And they, 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 they will put certain values or priorities on certain topics. But to be frank, I think Don Henley has it right. Heart of the matter? Forgiveness. It's something that we have to deal with because not only is it a heart of the matter, is it the heart of the matter, but it's also a matter of the heart. And we as followers of Jesus Christ, we have to consider forgiveness in many many respects. And so this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about forgiveness. I resolve to forgive. Forgiving someone who's wronged you Forgiving someone who's wronged you is simply not all that easy. It's hard. And we just have to face that fact. Dr. Fred Luskin, who's a professor at Stanford University, said it this way. He said, forgiveness concepts are simple. It's the execution that's hard. Now, I can stand up here today, and I could give you all kinds of this, do this, and do this, and be this, and go there, and all of those things. Those, those are simple. It's the execution that's hard. 
C.S. Lewis would add to that, and he would say it this way, everyone says forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. You, you see, we look at it, we say, well, it's, you know, it's probably good for you, but you know, I'm not so much for me. See, for us and for you, the hurt, the hurt can be excruciating. The betrayal is etched in our minds. The lies, the lies are more than we can bear. The accusations, they're not fair. The memories remain fresh. Forgiveness is hard. And if you're dealing if you're dealing with hurt and betrayal and memories and and you're now challenged, you're saying, oh no, oh no, is this is this gonna get up close and personal to me? Well, it might. It might. And I will once again say forgiveness isn't easy. And, and I'll also add that if you've been down this road before where you, you've had to confront these kinds of things in your own thinking, you know how difficult it is to forgive. You get it. But today the resolution we're considering, I resolve to forgive. If we are willing to allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our lives, here's what I believe. Here's what I believe. God will help us deal with it from, our, from His perspective. So that at the end of the day, we can, with Dr. Wayne Dyer, say it this way. When we forgive, it's the beginning of an entirely new level of experiencing life. I don't know. When I think about the abundant life that Jesus has promised me, that's what I want. And if it requires for me to have to deal with some hard areas, some messy things, some wounds, some hurts, some misunderstandings, some betrayal, some lies... That is not as important as the abundant, amazing life that Jesus has for me. I want that. I want what Jesus has for me. And I'm pretty confident you do as well. So we're going to look at a passage of Scripture this morning from Matthew 6. It's, it's very familiar. In fact, many of you can quote it. Probably most of us can. It's the Lord's Prayer. But before we read it together, it's Matthew 6, verses 9 to 13. I want you to understand kind of the context. When you go to Luke 11, which is the parallel passage of Matthew 6, the disciples and Jesus are having a conversation. And the disciples asked Jesus, Jesus, would you teach us to pray like John taught his disciples? And so Jesus answered and said, when you pray, pray like this. And that's what he gave them. He gave them this extraordinary pattern of prayer. Now, we're in the 21 days, we're in 21 days of prayer and fasting. And let me just say, I hope you're staying up with it. Uh, and Because it, it's... It's good. It's refreshing. It's a great way to begin our year. But one of the patterns of prayer that we encourage, and I, I pray this all the time, I pray it virtually every day, is the Lord's Prayer. Using it as a structure to pray. Not necessarily the exact words, but I use it as a structure. Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take advantage of what Jesus said. So when you think about these words, there's something very significant here about forgiveness. So I want you to look at it with me, Matthew 6. Verse 9, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts. Stop. And forgive us our debts. So who is Jesus saying to forgive? He is asking the Father. Our Father in heaven, forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. Notice forgiveness is right in the heart 
of Jesus' prayer. And don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So Jesus, in teaching prayer to his disciples, makes it very clear that there is to be a right relationship vertically with our Father and a right relationship horizontally with those around us. We do that by forgiveness. We ask God to forgive us, and we ask others to forgive us. So with that being said, we want to talk a little bit about forgiveness. What is it? Classical definition is just simply forgiveness is to grant pardon for a debt, to absolve, to to give up all claim on account or an obligation, to cease to cease to feel resentment against someone. G.K. Chesterton said that forgiveness is the pardoning of the unpardonable. The pardoning of the unpardonable. Think about that. Forgiveness is, forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is giving God the right to bring justice. Forgiving is about our attitude, not others' actions. Forgiving is ignoring the offense, is not ignoring the offense, excuse me. Forgiveness is not the same as reconciling. Forgiveness is a process, it's not an event. Forgiveness is moving forward. Forgiveness is dropping resentment and any grudge. Forgiveness is a choice that we make. Forgiveness is a step towards healing. It's easy to see why forgiveness is hard. Get it. So here's a phrase I want you to hold on to today. The key to forgiveness is to stop focusing on what others have done to us and focus instead on what God has done for us. Now I want that to simmer for just a second. I want that to simmer. Marcy made a pot of stew a few weeks ago. And if you're hungry right now, I'm sorry. You're just going to have to think about it. Just deal with it. She made a pot of stew a few weeks ago, and first night we had it, it was wonderful. Delicious. Second night we had it, it was better. By the third night, it was marvelous. Why? Because when you let something sit for a while, and you allow it to just grow in this and be seasoned naturally, it grows on you. So one more time. The key to forgiveness is to stop focusing on what others have done to you and start focusing on what God has done for you. God has done so much for every one of us in this room, and often we are so preoccupied with what others have done to us, we forget what God has done for us. We minimize it, and we shouldn't. Now, my last car shopping experience was a few years ago, and I'm going to tell you, it's not my favorite thing to do. Uh, now, if you're, and I just want to say, if you're a car salesman here this morning, I love you. I love you. I, I really deeply love you. But that was just a miserable experience. And our salesman was, he was a good guy, but he was, he was trying to make a sale. I mean, I get it. Keep, you know, keeping bread on the table. That, in, that took us eight hours. And I'm thinking, I don't even like doing things I like for eight hours, let alone having to go through that. That was like a test of endurance and patience beyond anything I could have imagined. But here's what we decided. We said, okay, if we're going to buy a car, and we're going to spend this much money on a car, and I'm telling you, you spent a lot of money on a car. But I, I, the, one of the cars we were getting rid of, we were getting rid of a car, the car had been with us 15 years. 
So I knew this is a 15-year investment or so, and so if I'm going to make that much of an investment in something, I am going to get every, I'm going to get every, uh, every benefit I can out of this thing. I want every option they've got. So I got every option they got except one. I don't have all-wheel drive. It's the only thing I don't have. Everything else I got because I'm going to enjoy this thing. It is costing me a lot. So I'm going to get the benefit out of this. I'll tell you something. Forgiveness costs you a lot. But there's benefits connected to this. And we and do do we do we walk in right relationship with God and others because of the benefits? That's the reason. Not exclusively. But it shouldn't be minimized either. We need to recognize the fact that there is a blessing connected to being obedient to the Word of God. When we are following the Word of God, God will bless us. There will be benefits. I want to give you four benefits simply, just by way of introduction, to forgiveness. The first is this. Forgiveness produces physical benefits. Now, that in and of itself is great. And you can go online, check this out. It's all there. Physical benefits of of forgiveness, they can lower your heart rate and blood pressure, and everybody said amen. Relief from stress, stronger immune system, decrease in medication use, improved heart health, improved sleep quality, less anxiety, stress and hostility, reduction in depressive symptoms, healthier relationships, higher self-esteem, feelings of well-being. Is that the only reason that I forgive? No, but I am going to take it. I'm all over that. And you see, if there's a benefit connected to forgiveness... And the, and the abundant life and, and the opportunity to have life to its fullest extent is as I'm obedient to the Word of God in regards to forgiveness, and I'm going there. Second benefit is it affects our prayers. It affects our prayers. Now, as I said a minute ago, we're in 21 days of fasting and prayer. And uh, when you put fasting and pr- when you put prayer and fasting together, God does even more stuff. And He points more things out. And he just keeps drilling down on things. It's good. I'm glad he does that. But forgiveness is also one of those things. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. So you're telling me, so what you're telling me is if I pray, God may, that's what I'm telling you. But there's a benefit to this. Because listen to what Mark 11.25, when you're praying, first forgive anyone else you're holding a grudge against. And Then the scripture goes on and just says, your prayers are going to have far more effect. I don't know about anybody else in the room, but I want my prayers to have the maximum effect as I pray. And if it requires forgiveness, okay. But it's a benefit to this. It's not just the negative side. It's a benefit. God will will respond differently as we are in a right relationship with him and with others. The third is forgiveness brings freedom. Brings freedom. To forgive is to set a prisoner free. Okay? To forgive is to set a prisoner free. But ready? But the prisoner, you only discover that the prisoner's you. Yes, it will free someone else. Maybe, but you know something? I had a person come to me one time right after service. Standing, I was still standing on the platform. Walked up to me and said, I just had to come and tell you, uh, I need to ask you to forgive me. And I went, Okay. And she didn't tell me what it was. Nothing. She just walked away and I went, okay. I was good beforehand and I was good afterwards. Now, but what I do believe happened, it set her free. 
There was something she was carrying that she just had to unload and get it, get it done. God did that. So it produces freedom. And then fourth, forgiveness impacts our future. I want you to hear this. I want you to hear this. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. It doesn't change what has happened. It changes what is to come. And it is so critical that you hear that. And I believe that's a word from the Lord to someone in this room today. Forgiveness doesn't change what happened. You cannot erase the past. It's not possible. However, forgiveness impacts what's yet to come, your future. And God has a future for you, and a good future no less. So how might we resolve to forgive today? How do we, how do we go through this? I want to give you two things, two things, very simple, two things, and it's from the prayer. The first is receive God's forgiveness. That's the first way, receive God's forgiveness. When Jesus prays the prayer, he said, Our Father who art in heaven, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us our sins. But there is, a, there is, to re, there is this opportunity for us. We have to receive, not just ask the forgiveness of God, but receive it. God offers forgiveness. It's available to us. And you say, well, I got this handled, Gary. I'm good. All is well. Can you move on to point number two? No, because we're going to deal with point number one first. Because I'm not so sure that I fully comprehend at times all that it means to receive the forgiveness of God. I don't want anyone to walk away not having a, a total understanding or grasp of what it means to receive the forgiveness of God. There are three thoughts that I want to leave with you. First, to receiving the forgiveness of God, our, our ability to forgive comes from the eternal, loving act of grace in Jesus' sacrifice for our sins. We sang about grace all over the place this morning. Why did we sing about grace? Because in order for us to truly understand and receive the forgiveness of God. We need to know that not one of us in this room deserve the forgiveness of God. It is unmerited. His grace is more than enough for your sin, but we need to receive it. It's not working for it. It's receiving it. And it's by His grace. Isaiah said it this way, Come now, let us settle this, says the Lord. Or the Lord said it through Isaiah. Though your sins are like scarlet. What a, what a verse. Though your sins are like scarlet. I'll make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. God's the one that does that. He forgives us. And it is by His grace that He does through Christ. Through Christ. Second observation is that the way that God forgives us assists us, assists us to receive His forgiveness. The way that God forgives us assists us to receive His forgiveness. How does God forgive us? Now, I'm not talking about the technical side of things, and there's a lot of theology connected. I'm just talking about the practical side. How does he do it? First, he does so willingly. He does so willingly. Aren't you grateful that God doesn't withhold his forgiveness? He is willing to forgive us. Psalm 86 and 5 says, you willingly forgive, and your love is always there for those who pray to you. Thank God he is willing to forgive me. That would have been a really good opportunity for an amen. So I'll try it again. I'm really glad that God forgives us willingly. 
Second thing, he forgives us completely. Completely. This is extraordinary to me. Paul said to the Colossians, he said, He has forgiven your sins. And listen to the way it's phrased. He has forgiven your sins. He has utterly, he has utterly wiped out the evidence of broken commandments, which always hung over our heads, and has completely annulled it by nailing it to the cross. Understand something. When you pray and ask forgiveness genuinely from your heart, God forgives you, not just in point, one point or two points, but completely. And it's because of the grace of God through Christ that you and I are completely forgiven. Receive it. Don't continue to hang on to stuff and say, well, God, I just know you can't do this. No, God can and has done just that. Thank you, Jesus. Forgives us completely. And lastly, God forgives us repeatedly. Now, this is kind of an odd one. But just say it this way. It's just kind of odd. Why is it odd, Gary? I, I don't fully understand why you're saying it's odd. Well, I feel like at times... I don't want to go back to God for certain things, but I do. Now, aren't you, aren't you really glad that God does forgive you repeatedly for this reason? You know, you, you pray and you say, hey, God, what about this? He goes, hey, what are, you, what are you talking about? You just talked to me about this last week. Well, what are you doing here again? You know, I, I know, I don't, want, I don't want to hear this again. God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. That does not mean that we can just live any way we want to. Paul, talking to the Romans, saying, you know, does it mean because of the grace of God that we just go on sinning so that grace can increase? Paul said, no, 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 no. That's not what this is all about. But the truth of the matter is, 1 John chapter 1 and verse 9 was written for you and me. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just and will forgive us our sins. He forgives us repeatedly because there are things are things at times we do that displease him. Now, with all the lights on and everybody here and everybody up and around, we're just a family, so I'm going to ask this question. Have you ever done anything to disappoint God? Like, lift your hand. And if you're not, we're going to... No, I'm teasing. Don't do that. Sure we have. Is it our intention to do that for a, for a follower of Christ? No. But there are times we do. There are times that an attitude creeps in that shouldn't be there. There's a time that anger arises. Shouldn't happen. There's time that gossip happens that it shouldn't. There are times when we talk ill of someone, we shouldn't do it. And often we don't think of those as the sins, but they are. They're a displeasure to God. But not only that, there are things that we don't do that we should have done. Called a sin of omission. We just haven't, and we knew it was right. We knew we should have, and we didn't. So literally, there's, there's virtually not a day that goes by that I don't ask God to just take a look at my heart, clean me up. Why? Because I want to be in right relation vertically with my Father. Our Father Jesus said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father, forgive us our debts. Forgive us our debts. And then finally, the third observation is that we will never have to forgive. We'll never have to forgive more, forgive anybody more than God has already forgiven us. That's powerful. Paul would say it this way to Timothy. His, he was mentoring this young pastor, and he said to Timothy, he said, Oh, even though I used to blaspheme the name of Christ, 
in my insolence, I persecuted people. And, but God had mercy on me because, because I did in ignorance and unbelief. And oh, how generous and gracious our Lord was. He filled me with the faith and the love that comes from Christ Jesus. This is a trustworthy thing, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul adds this postscript. I love it. And I am the worst of all. He was just simply acknowledging the fact that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of junk. God cleaned me up. God forgave me for a lot of messy stuff. And often, we will hold something against someone else that is nowhere near what God has forgiven us. And to put that in perspective helps us to resolve to forgive. And let me encourage you, don't go on to step two today until you deal with step one, to receive the forgiveness of God. That's where it starts. So the second thought this morning is that the forgiven forgive. The forgiven forgive. We need to receive the forgiveness of God, but then the forgiven, we as being forgiven need to forgive. It's one thing to receive forgiveness, it's another to extend it. So we need to extend forgiveness, we need to receive it as well. So the first thought is four observations. First is the forgiven forgive freely. We do so freely. It is without obligation. We do so freely. And gratefully, God forgave us without obligation. When we come to faith in Christ, He receives us just as we are. And He forgives us. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 8, Give as freely as you have received. Once again, C.S. Lewis, I, I love the way he phrased it. He said, to be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God gave, forgave the inexcusable in you. It was inexcusable for us to, to violate the righteousness of God, but God forgave us anyway. I'm so thankful that he did. Second is the forgiven. They forgive by faith. Forgive by faith. You see, faith, faith is the step you take into something that makes no sense. Faith is the step that, that, that you take that into something that makes no sense, only to discover that when we step, there is a miracle on the other side of it. And I think I immediately think of the Apostle Peter in, in the boat. He said, Jesus, if that's really you, can I come out there with you? Jesus said, come on. I don't know what Peter was thinking. I, I, I really don't. When he put his leg over the boat, but when he when he put his leg over the boat, there was something solid underneath him, and he began to walk. That's when the miracle happens is after the step of faith is taken. And some of our relationships are so messed up that there's forgiveness that's needed, but it's not going to happen until you take a step of faith. It's going to require faith. Paul said to the Corinthians, for we live by faith and not with what we see with our eyes. We live by faith. Number three is the forgiven forgive just as Christ forgave. Just as Christ forgave. The first of the seven statements that Jesus made from the cross, he prayed this prayer, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. It's interesting that when you look at that scene, there are soldiers around performing their duties. There are religious leaders who are mocking and ridiculing Jesus. There are two thieves on the cross that on either side of Jesus. One is mocking him and the other is asking for mercy. You see a crowd of onlookers. You see so many different viewpoints that are gathered around the cross. 
And here Jesus is enduring the most horrible of punishments. And so Jesus begins to speak, and he doesn't say, Father, could you send some help? He doesn't do that. He doesn't, in vengeful words or words of resentment, speak to anybody around. But rather he prays for them. Forgive them. Forgive them. I wonder if we could forgive as Jesus forgave. You say, time out. Time out. That doesn't work. This is Jesus. He's the Son of God. He's the guy who walked on water. He's the guy who opened the blinded eyes. He's the guy who made the lame to walk. And he's the guy who fed 5,000 with a little boy's lunchable. Of course he can forgive. I'm just a regular guy. I'm a regular cow. How is it possible? How is it possible for me to forgive? We will never endure what Jesus endured. Never. However, we will be betrayed. We'll be forsaken. We'll be wrongly accused. Hurtful things will be said about us. But understand, understand, even as a regular guy, we can forgive. Because there was a regular guy under similar circumstances who did just that. His name was Stephen. Stephen had been wrongly accused, and now he's being stoned to death. And he said in Acts chapter 7, as they stoned him, Stephen prayed, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. That's a regular guy. That's a regular guy. You see, forgiveness is possible no matter how extreme the hurt may be. And why can that be so, Gary? How, how in the world can that happen? I don't understand. You, you do not understand how, how difficult my life is. You don't know where I've come from. You don't know the, the measure of hurt. You don't know the measure of betrayal. You don't know the lies. You don't know all of the things that I've walked through. And you're saying that with tears and hurt in your heart. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know. I don't know. But this I know. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength. That I know. Paul would say to the Ephesians, and listen to this, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. And look at this, forgiving each other just as Christ in God forgave you. Understand this. The power of forgiveness is in the just as. It's when we link ourselves to Jesus himself and we say, God, I cannot do this in my own strength. No, I am not the son of God like you are. No, I have never done, but I, I can do this because you are in me. Because I have received the forgiveness of God. I can forgive. The power to forgive is in the just as. And then lastly, the forgiven are compelled to forgive. They're compelled. Paul said, as if for, life, for Christ's love compels me, because we're convinced that one died for all. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled himself, us to himself through Christ, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It's, we have been reconciled to God. We have been made right here, but we are also to be right with other relationships. It is both vertical and horizontal. And then he says, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are Christ's ambassadors. We represent Christ well when we 
are reconciled to others. The word compels means to urge with irresistible power or with a power sufficient to produce the effect. God has forgiven us, and we in turn are to forgive others. So as we bring our time to a close this morning, I want to give you five simple steps to walk through that can help you in this, in this the resolution, the declaration to, to forgive. The first is this, and, it, and this applies especially if you have someone in your life, you just know, you just know there's something that I've got to get right. So the first is this, give it first. Give it first. Before it's deserved, extend forgiveness. I love this. The first to forgive is always the happiest. It's always the happiest. Second is that do it now. Do it now. Forgive, and listen to this. Forgive as quickly, forgive as quickly as you expect God to forgive you. One more time. <laughs> forgive as others as quickly as you expect God to forgive you. Aren't you grateful that when we appeal to a just and righteous God, He says, well, let me think about that for a while. You've been here before, haven't you? Let me, let me take three or four weeks, and I'll get back to you. On the authority of the Word of God, when we ask, He forgives we ask with a heart that is pure, with integrity. The intentions of our life is to say, God, forgive me, and he forgives. I'm grateful for that. Should we extend the same to others? Third, expect nothing in return. I think we might walk into a situation where we're just, we want something back. We want somebody to, to kind of return the favor or to be appreciative or to, I'm going to tell you something. You may walk through a, a period of time where you're asking forgiveness to somebody else and they just flat blow you off. It's not about that. Because the prisoner you're setting free is both and. It's both you and them. It is not your responsibility to how they respond to you. You don't carry that. You don't expect something in return. It's No, no, done. I forgive and it's over, finished. And that leads us to the next is genuine. Make it genuine. Make it genuine. Forgiveness should never just be lip service. Yeah, you're forgiven, whatever. Big deal, you know. No, your heart, genuine. You have... You have to get a gut. I guess you could say, I'll just read it the way I wrote it. You have to get a gut level. You have to get gut level in your release. And you have to give up the desire and the feeling you have a right to get even. It's not about that. Genuine. And then lastly, make it permanent. Make it permanent. It's not forgiveness if you continually take back the grudge. Forgiveness means you let it go period. I'm reminded of beautiful scripture where it speaks of 
of, of the power and the majesty of God to forgive us. He says he's taken our sin and he places it as far as the east is from the west. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Did you know that east will never meet west? Never happened. Go east for the rest of your life and you'll never meet west. You'll just keep going east. But God in his sovereignty and power takes our sin and he separates it. What does it mean? It means it's permanent. It's done. You say, but Pastor Gary, I, I, I've kind of come back to God two or three times on the same thing. You know, I said earlier, you know, making a little bit light of this, of this idea that where God would say, well, you know, I've heard this before and I don't, let me change that up a little bit. You come to God for a similar thing. Here's what God, in essence, is saying. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no clue. You say, God, why? Because that transgression, whatever it was, I have put it into a sea of forgetfulness. Only God can forget. And then he says, not only that, it's as far as the east is from the west. It's gone. So what do you got for me? Could we forgive just as? To restore relationships and to experience the truly abundant life, that, the full life that God has for us. Forgiveness is part of that. So on the end of your notes, you have just this phrase. It says, I resolve to forgive blank. You can fill in the blank. I don't know who that is. I don't know what that is. But do it. As we reflect here just in a moment, write it down. Let God, let God speak to you. And then follow through as we forgive then we can forgive. Thank you, Jesus, for your word this morning. And I, I pray that in these next few moments, you just, you speak to us, you, you work in us, you do in us as you desire. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wonder this morning if, your heads about a moment. Maybe you just say, you know something? I mean, a minute ago, Gary kind of asked this question, if you've ever done anything that kind of displeased God. Well, I want to tell you, about everybody's hand in the room went up. So I just wondered this morning, if you just say by lifting your hand, say, Gary, pray for me today. There are some things Attitudes, actions, thoughts. There's stuff that I just know doesn't please God. It's in my life right now. It's in my life right this very moment. I know what it is. It doesn't please God. It doesn't honor God in any way. If that's you, lift your hand. Yeah, all around the room. All around the room. Lord, you see hands, but more than that, you see a person's heart that just wants to be in a right relationship with you. Father in heaven, forgive us our debts. And that's what we're praying right now. Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us. And Lord, I pray that we'll deal with this appropriately and just ask and 
We ask for forgiveness, but Lord, I pray that we would receive it in the name of Jesus. You have promised us, and we used it a moment ago, if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. We receive that in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm, I want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to that behavior. I don't go back to that attitude. So, Lord, I want to live the abundance of life that you have for me. Thank you, Jesus. We receive your forgiveness today. In your name we pray. Amen.